Welcome to the Tools for Today's Farmers podcast, brought to you by the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. Our podcast will cover current issues in farming and will provide insight from a wide variety of experts in agriculture. Now let's get farm strong. All right, thank you all for tuning in. I'm your host, Rachel Dillhoff. And I'm your co-host, Abby Heidenreich. And today we are so happy to have Scott Monroe with us. So Scott, you are a food and safety educator at Purdue University. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and what you do? Okay, well, I, I guess if, if we really want to start at the, uh, the beginning, I, I had the good fortune of uh, growing up on a watermelon farm in Sullivan County, Indiana. So I have uh, worked in produce for, uh, I guess you could say, 50 years. Um, after, uh, after growing up on the farm, I uh, took the path of attending Vincennes University and then Purdue University uh, for training in uh, horticulture plant pathology and um, then worked a number of jobs, uh, have owned a farm store, worked for a, a vegetable seed company as an assistant plant breeder. And then about 12 years ago, I signed on as the a educator in Davies County, Indiana, and was there for about five and a half years and then transitioned into the food safety educator position here in Vincent's. Um, Originally, I was stationed at the Southwest Purdue Ag Center, and then about two years ago, yeah, 23 months anyway, <laughs> they, they moved me over to the other side of the hill here at Southwest uh, into the uh, VU Ag Center building, uh, where we occupy one end of the building and operate the Purdue Extension Food Safety Training Hub. Wow. So you, you've seen a little bit of everything in... And that's amazing. I see that you have a lot of publications out there. And more recently, the focus seems to be on COVID and uh, the impact of that. Obviously, everyone should read your articles, but could you tell us a little bit about what you've learned in your, in your research along the way? Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing that uh, that we did with regard to COVID was to put information out there to make sure that folks understood this is not necessarily something that is going to be transmitted from fresh produce. And at the beginning of the pandemic, that was that was a concern. Uh, the, the knowledge base was not there. Most folks had no idea how this was going was transmitted. Uh, so, our part was to to put some information out there, largely based on information and research from similar viruses. And that was our first thing: was just to make sure folks knew that this wasn't going to be transmitted through contact with fresh fruits and vegetables at the grocery store. Uh, you know, and we did that for, for two reasons. Number one, obviously to put consumers' minds at ease, but, but number two, because, uh, you know, in a pandemic, uh, I guess the last thing you wanna see is uh, a decrease in, in sales uh, for producers, especially when they're producing something that is perceived as having a health benefit to begin with. So we, we did that. Um, we also put some information out there with regard to how we might better manage our labor force in agriculture or in produce uh, during the pandemic. 
in our area in Southwest Indiana, we are home to several large melon farms and produce farms. Many of our growers are utilizing either seasonal labor or working through the H-2A program for seasonal workers and are providing housing. As you can imagine, any farm that is providing housing, uh, there, there, there were some adaptations that, that needed to take place. So in working with the State Department of Ag, State Department of Health, we put out some publications, some information on how that might look going forward as, as we went through that 2020 growing season. Uh, so those, those were our contributions to, to, um, to, to helping folks deal with the, uh, the COVID pandemic. And then because we realized there were, addition, there were new gardeners out there, folks that were at home, had spare time and would probably turn to gardening. Uh, we did a video also on how, uh, on basic food safety in the garden which which was fun because we got to have my my uh my kids uh, participate in that <laughs> oh that's great i know covid has not gone away but have those food safety questions related to the virus have those kind of come to an end or are you still getting those questions filtering in um i think for most part for the most part most of the growers have really kind of learned how to manage, uh, you know, 2020 was the year with the great big learning curve. And then of course, we're just coming out of the 2021 growing season. So I, I think most, most of the growers are in a place where they really don't have a lot of additional questions, at least with regard to, to COVID related issues. So, um, so hopefully we've, we've done our part to maybe contribute to, to building that, that knowledge base among, among the growers. You know, I think it's been an important role to play as things have changed and shifted so many times throughout this COVID pandemic to provide that information and that research-backed knowledge um, to not only consumers, but also for the producers who are taking a lot of those questions and who may be asking some of those questions themselves. So, you know, this podcast, we like to focus on stress and talking about mental health in agriculture. It's one of those things that goes hand in hand with the pandemic, and it's something that's um, really been brought to the forefront throughout the pandemic of mental health and mental health, um, how it relates to everything. From a stress perspective, what experience do you have either through COVID or prior to COVID or since COVID? Um, with farmers in their rural stress management. From the food safety perspective, um, there's a lot of things that come into play there. How do you see some of that stress manifesting? I, I think a lot of it is just, especially, you know, e even if you take the COVID out of it, um, if you look at just food safety in general, from a from a producer standpoint, you know clearly no producer ever wants to make anyone sick. Uh, you know, I, I tell people when I when I train growers, I, I tell them I've I've never met that farmer that goes out of a morning, finishes that second cup of coffee, stretches real big, and says, "Yeah, it's it's a great day to make someone sick." I've I've never met that guy. <laughs> you know? uh, so, you know, when when you 
when they find out there's a potential that their product could cause an issue, you know, clearly that that causes a little bit of stress. Um, lack of lack of knowledge and information. Um, you know, in 2019, State Department of Health under the produce safety rules started to do inspections on produce farms. Um, so people have started to take note and there's always that question, what do I do? How do I do? And that's where we come in is to try to provide that information and provide service to the growers where we're, we feel like we're trying to walk hand in hand with them as, as they navigate some of these issues, both practical issues. What do I do on my farm to reduce my risk of product contamination and really you know, in general, um, navigating regulations, how, you know, I, you know, I, and, and I'm one of those, I'm, I'm constantly asking myself, is, is this requirement simply checking the box or does it actually do something to reduce the risk of contamination? So, you know, helping growers to navigate that, uh, that, that seems to be where we see a lot of stress. And, and then the, the other source of stress is for those growers who are obligated to have a third party um, gaps audit. Uh, as you get close to audit day, you can see the stress mounting. So, you know, and, and, and um, you know, I, I see Abby nodding her head because I, I know she's walked through this with some of her growers. Um, you know, anything that you can do to, uh, to just reassure folks, provide that information, provide that second set of eyes, um, you know, as they start to implement some of these food safety programs, it's going to go a long way towards reducing that stress. Um, and and I think on the grower side of it, um, you know, growers, I I try to advise them that. You should always remember essentially Rome wasn't built in a day and a good food safety program you're looking at about three years to build out unless of course you've got a buyer or regulator that tells you otherwise so so again that's but again that's kind of a, a long-winded answer to to the question but those those are kind of the places where i i see stress being being induced as as a result of food safety considerations can you see a big difference in the stress levels that correlate to the size of the farm? You know, it really, I'm, I'm not sure that, that I do. Um, you know, that our, our smaller growers tend to be stressed and mostly it's, it's because of perhaps an upcoming inspection or, you know, just trying to get started with these food safety programs are, are larger growers that, that are more likely to be doing third-party audits. Those, those seems to be, you know, third-party audits are a little more in-depth than, than what the current regulations are. So, you know, those tend to be stressful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, they, I see it coming from all sizes, but just from different perspectives. And if I were somebody new coming into this, I, I want to start a, my business and I, I want to get all, make sure I'm doing everything right. Where would somebody start to, to know all, where all these regulations are and what they need to follow? Because that, I mean, I, I'm not, 
I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, I can feel the stress building in me, just the, the questions of well, where would I go? What would I do? So what would you recommend to somebody new? And, and actually, that's one of the most frequently asked questions we get. Um, what, what is this whole food safety for produce thing? And what we've seen over the last few years is that we've really had two separate systems develop for managing produce food safety on the farm. Uh, the first is the regulatory system, which is basically set in place by the Food Safety Modernization Act, which was passed in 2011. Uh, as part of that, uh, FDA um, basically put out the, the produce safety rule in 2016. Um, this, this set up minimum standards for growers. And in Indiana, we're fortunate. It, um, it's, it's regulated by the Department of Health. So we have folks that uh, are close to home that, that are working with growers as opposed to having someone come in at the federal level. But, um, but that's basically enforced through inspections. Uh, those folks who are covered by the produce safety rule, they will be uh, inspected. Uh, the other system that we see is what, what I refer to as the industry system. And this basically entails third-party audits and is buyer-driven. So, you know, the example is I, I really, you know, I, I may be selling to a, a, a buyer and I get a call for him one day that says, Mr. Grower, we love your product. We love doing business with you. But if we're going to continue our business relationship, you need to have a GAPS or a Good Ag Practices certification. Uh, basically, at that point, my question is, what do I need to have? Because there are several different protocols and audit schemes, and each buyer seems to have his favorite. <laughs> so, um, but again, that's that's the industry system. That's buyer and industry regulated, I guess, buyer driven would be a good word. And, and that's essentially enforced by third party audits. The grower institutes a program based on the selected audit protocol. Then the auditor comes in and does the, the farm audit. And depending on how this, the farm scores, um, you know, they either pass or they don't. So those are the two systems we see. And that's, so what I tell people is, you know, your first option or your first thing you need to do is see where you fall in terms of coverage under produce safety rule. And also talk to your buyers and see what their individual requirements are. And, and a lot of our growers actually operate under both systems. If, you know, if they're large enough, they're going to be covered by produce safety rule and they're going to have buyers insisting on these audits. Uh, smaller growers tend to maybe be covered by produce safety rule only. But, um, but that's a large part of you know, what we do is, is help growers sort through that and help get them on the right track towards uh, whatever, whatever their individual requirements may be. Wow. I mean, that's a, that seems like a lot going on there, but once you, like you said, once you know how to navigate through that, I'm sure it becomes a lot easier. So that's great that you're helping farmers navigate through that. Have you noticed by, by all this additional help that there have been 
more people wanting to get in the business or what, what kind of trends have you seen? I guess the trend that we're seeing is that farm food safety is becoming an issue on increasingly smaller farms. I, I think part of that is that on the industry side, they're requiring GAP certifications and audits for increasingly smaller farms. And also in 2021, State Department of Health started doing produce farm inspections on smaller farms that were covered by the produce safety rule. So all of that has, has kind of driven this trend towards working on smaller, you know, towards smaller farms, seeing an interest in this. Um, as an example, I was uh, on a farm in Gary uh, last Thursday, actually, where the gentleman was growing collards and would sell the greens. Uh, he had, uh, you know, maybe a dozen growing beds made in his backyard, and that was his his farm, which, you know, he was doing very well with it, and the greens looked absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's the size of operation that we're seeing start to show interest in, in some of these issues now. Do you think that, um, you know, when you have growers that are starting out and you, you meet with them and you start introducing them to this, this field of regulations and all of the different hoops they got to jump through, what are some of those major frustrations that they share? Um, is it the physical part of it and having the, the equipment that they need? Is it knowing um, what they need to do? Is it the fear of, you know, not meeting one of these regulations? What are those, some of those things that you see most commonly in new growers or in growers in general, I guess, that could really apply to any of them? I, I think really one of the biggest concerns is when that aha moment occurs and it sinks in that the growers can do everything correctly and still potentially have a problem or an issue. I think that's probably the, the universal concern uh, because, you know, farmers are pretty hands-on. They want to, they want to fix things, make sure they got it right. But I, I think that's one of the universal concerns. And then the other thing is just trying to figure out essentially, how does that look on my farm? Uh, you're given a standard, for example, produce safety rule. If you're using water, who doesn't? Um, you know, it says that all water should be of adequate sanitary quality for its intended use. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, how does that look on my farm? And, you know, I think a lot of these regulations were left open, open-ended so that growers had some flexibility. But on the other side, interpreting that and trying to implement that and actually figure out how does that look on my farm? I, I think that's that's tends to be a major stressor. I think it, it does. It comes in as a, a stressor, not only for them, but also um, from you and your role as <laughs> the interpreter of some of those regulations and things as you explain those regulations to the, to the growers themselves. I've 
I've been in those meetings before and uh, yeah, it gets a little, a little messy sometimes when people start getting overwhelmed with all of the, you know, the numbers and the, you know, number rule number 147.3 and all of the above, it just, it all comes in together and, and can play into that stressful role when really all they want to do is grow food. All they really yeah. want to do is grow their produce and, and sell it and, and, uh, you know, make that living like they've always known, but, you know, all of these regulations seem to, um, seem to stand in their way. But I think it's amazing that we have someone like you um, in your role, whose job it is to help navigate those systems. And we know that those systems are in place for a reason. It just, uh, you know, we need to reach out more and, you know, involve you in those trainings and those processes, because you have the ability to make everything better, right, Scott? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, golly, I'd be a fool to argue that, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, next time I go do one of these, I'm wearing my cape, right? Exactly. That's right. <laughs> no, actually, you know, you hit on something there. Um, and it's, um, you know, of course, no one ever accused me of being overly straight laced when I present. But um, one, one thing that I joke around about with growers is, uh, you know, come on, guys, uh, we can do this because we all know why we got into farming. It was because of the paperwork. You know, or, <laughs> And I've, I've actually been in classes where I've, I've told the growers, um, you know, we do this because paper has been scientifically shown to scare bacteria to death. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't believe me for some reason. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I, I think yeah, in terms of maybe de-stressing this whole thing, you know, I, one thing that we've done in all the years I've done this is we've tried to be intentional about um, making sure growers understand that this, this is achievable. This, this is doable. You know, again, there's, there's just a few areas when we produce food that we really need to be cognizant of where we, we may take on additional risk factors. You know, so again, I, you know, we, uh, we, we try to, reassure growers as best we can. Uh, you know, the other thing that I hear from growers too is uh, there's always that fear, oh no, if I have to be in compliance, that has to mean I'm going to have to spend a lot of money. And, and surprisingly, the, the things that reduce the risk the most are those things that in a lot of cases cost the least. You know, a little homemade hand wash station and some liquid soap doesn't cost a whole lot, but that's that's one of the things that will reduce the risk the most. So, so you know, that's that seems to be our our approach is just to make sure growers understand that this this is achievable. Um, you know, sometimes we're we we're good at that, and and sometimes we're not. I. I remember a class we did about seven years ago up in Indianapolis. We, we, and I felt so bad because this was before the produce rule came along and we were talking about, this is what we think is going to happen. In the meantime, this is what we need to do. And I, I felt so bad in the middle of it. I, I literally had one, one grower break down and start crying. I can't do this. It's yeah, you can, you can do this. <laughs> you know? So, so, you know, sometimes it's, it's well-received and sometimes we, we have to take that extra, walk that extra mile, I guess. 
uh, let's say that that person that's new coming in, what is something, words of advice you can give them, something positive, maybe some words of encouragement um, that you could give them or you share with them currently? Well, I, again, I think probably the best advice is just understand that unless you have a buyer insisting on it um, or unusual circumstances, really, you have the luxury of taking your time. Uh, you don't have to do everything the first year. Educate yourself the first year, assess your farm operation, look at those places where you may be you know, taking on a little bit of additional risk that you, you really don't need to or want to. Develop a plan in year two, start working that plan, assess it, refine it in year three, and just keep on going. Uh, but just, you know, the, the big thing is just to realize that in most cases, it's, it's going to be best to take two or three years to build out the food safety program. That, that's great. So, so if I'm new in this, I, I can't expect it to all fall into place within six months. So. No. So it, now, it will take time. Now there are there are of course exceptions. Um, we we had one farm in in our area down here that decided to start growing produce and and started out with uh, you know a couple hundred acres of watermelon, which projected gross from which coverage is based on gross sales and at that volume even working on a three-year average, uh, which is what the, the coverage works off of, uh, they were automatically covered by the produce safety rule. So they were looking at an inspection within year one or year two automatically. Uh, so you get into those situations, but in most cases, take your time, you know, make sure you, you, you know, baby steps are, are always best. <laughs> that's good. That's good advice. And, you know, that applies in a lot of areas of life too. So, so this is one of them. That's good to know. And I know you, you give a lot of information out there. Uh, do you have any upcoming programs uh, or places that people can go to get more information on some of the topics that you've covered? Yeah. Um, I think probably the best thing to do first off is, uh, you know, to, uh, to make sure everybody understands uh, this is, you know, of course, not me in a vacuum. Uh, we've got a whole team at Purdue and in the state that, uh, that works on these issues. Um, primarily, we work under the heading of Safe Produce Indiana. So that's how we brand most of our programs, which Safe Produce Indiana consists of Purdue Extension, the Indiana State Department of Agriculture, and the Indiana State Department of Health. Uh, Purdue, at Purdue, there are several educators in the state that are trained to provide food safety training or to assist with some of our trainings. Uh, primarily, Dr. Amanda Deering and I are, are the two in Extension that, that pretty much do this full time. And then the uh, the way we have this set the or organized with the three agencies working together, Purdue does the education piece, provide trainings uh, or whatever services may be needed. 
the State Department of Agriculture helps us with outreach and promotions, which is cool because I haven't done like a flyer for any of my programs for about two years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see you're a little envious. And, uh, and then the, uh, <laughs> the State Department of Health, of course, does the regulatory piece. Um, but, but in all honesty, have been extremely good to work with in terms of um, inspections and whatnot. So uh, they, you know, they want to see the produce industry succeed just as much as any of us. Uh, but our website is safeproduceindiana.com. And if you Google Safe Produce Indiana, it will take you, uh, you can access our Facebook page and all of our upcoming trainings uh, will be posted in there. We're still in the process of putting together trainings for the upcoming season. Uh, but when, they're, when we set those dates, that's, that's where all that will be posted. Some of the things that we're, we're looking at offering this year, um, we are offering the Produce Safety Alliance grower trainings for people who are covered by the produce safety rule. Training is a requirement, and this course is the only one that is recognized by FDA as meeting the training requirement. So, yeah, the only game in town. <laughs> so we've been real fortunate. We were able to get out ahead of the produce safety rule and, and put a team of trainers together with Purdue that uh, can provide this statewide. Thing we're working towards, and hopefully we'll have this fall, is um, ag water treat, um, training for ag water treatment. So for those folks who are using surface water for irrigation, uh, who, who are interested in, in treating that water as, as an added measure of safety, uh, we'll have some trainings and classes available on, on just how to do that. So in, in addition to that, we, we are also, you know, we continue to offer some of our other services. We, we try to have something in place for each step of the way, so to speak. So, you know, growers can call on us at any time if they have any questions. On the, on the regulatory side, we offer on-farm readiness reviews where members of the Safe Produce Indiana team will go to your farm and do a free confidential non-regulatory assessment of where you are in terms of compliance with the produce safety rule. It's, it's kind of nice because um, you know your regulator or your inspector shows up, you get to know them, you get a free walk around. It's kind of like having an open book test, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, and that's a great resource for growers. I know yeah. they really appreciate having the option to do that. And and on the regulatory, or excuse me, on the industry side, we also offer assistance in um, writing plans, doing written food safety plans. We also offer mock audits. So if, if the auditor's coming and you're getting nervous, give us a call. We'll come out and do a mock audit. You know, give it a second set of eyes. Uh, you know, walk around the farm, look at your records, and, and go through everything ahead of the audit. So. And, and on that particular service, we're shooting 100%. Everyone that we've ever had a mock audit for has gone on to pass their actual audit. So we, we like to brag. <laughs> yeah, that, those are pretty good statistics. And that has to be a huge help too. Um, that's amazing. So 
definitely, uh, you guys are a gigantic help for those growers and, um, and just to make sure everybody's on the, the right page. And I know I, I teach serve safe. So, uh, and Dr. Deary, we, we do a lot there. So, um, I, is there a connection with that as well? And, and that's what drives a lot of what we do, especially on the industry side, is that, you know, as, as a restaurant or as a, a retail food establishment, uh, you, you're needing to obviously source your materials or your ingredients from approved sources. Um, so in a lot of cases, according to the, uh, the other part of the Food Safety and Modernization Act, the uh, uh, Preventive Controls for Human Food, it says that you can use third, third party verification to verify that your inputs have been produced in such a way that you're not assuming additional risk. So that's what's driving, I think, a lot of this requirement that we're seeing for those third-party audits at the farm level is the need for third-party verification when you bring that up to the, the retail food establishment, the restaurant level or whatnot. So yeah, it's, it's basically, uh, you know, we like to think of it as a, a continuum. And we tell the growers that, you know, your role in this is to make sure that at the beginning, there's, there's no contamination or no intentional contamination, reduce your risk as much as possible. And, and they're just kind of the first link in the chain of develop, or delivering safe food to, pro, uh, to consumers. Yeah, if, if you're teaching Serve Safe, you've, you've worked with uh, Dr. Deering. She's, she's the one that actually needs to be wearing the cape, if the truth be told. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining us today scott it's been awesome to have a discussion with you about how all of the food safety regulations and all of the stress that comes with that how you kind of come swooping in there with your educational um resources and guidelines for all of the the growers who may need it um, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us today no problem. No problem. Enjoyed it. So. All right. Well, thank you, um, everyone, for listening to the Tools for Today's Farmer podcast. If you'd like more information about the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team, you can find us at our website, extension.purdue.edu slash farmstress, or you can find us on Facebook as the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest, or if you have topics in mind that you would like uh, for us to talk about, please leave us a message on our Farm Stress Facebook page. We use the hashtag FarmStrong on our post to emphasize that the agriculture community is resilient and is strong enough to overcome anything that comes their way. You can share your story of overcoming stress on social media using the hashtag FarmStrong. Thank you again for tuning in. We're your hosts, Rachel Dillhoff and Abby Heidenreich, and have a great day.